that you think is going to be easy and that there's just all kinds of different things uh, people think about different topics so I'm a, so we'll look into that so this morning I'd like to look into the event that got it all started for us when God gave man the breath of life we'll study out its origins how long it was supposed to last and the significance in the age of grace we live in today can you hear me Okay, so Genesis chapter 2, turn with me there, verse 7, interesting footnote about chapter 2 is it's looking back at chapter 1, man was already created in chapter 1 and chapter 2 is looking back, filling in uh, some of the blanks, so uh, verse 7, so, and the Lord God for man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul. So when God breathed life into Adam, he completed him by giving him a spirit and a soul. His body was made from the dust of the earth and when he breathed into his nostrils, he breathed into him his spirit and causing him to be a living soul. Uh, in John chapter 6, Let's look at John chapter 6 real quick. The Spirit of God is likened to life in the Scriptures. The breath of life is similar to the words of God. They both, they're both life-giving. Chapter 6, John chapter 6, verse 33. John 6, 33. He says, It is the Spirit that quickeneth the flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. It's a lot like the breath of life that he gave to Adam. Uh, John, is that wrong? 663? What did I say? Sorry. So I was reading something else. I got anxiety blindness going on here. Okay, so, huh? yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, as well as uh, Psalms chapter 33. Psalms 33, again, another more emphasis on the, the breath of God's word and the breath that he breathed into man. Very powerful. Psalms 33, verse 6 says, By the word of the Lord, were the heavens made and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. Okay, so after a man received the breath of life, he was alive and sinless. That's significant because if you just read this and close the book up and go on, you'll think that man uh, was brought into the world sinless and he remained sinless. But uh, we, as we know, that's not true. Uh, at this time, he could have lived forever, but uh, he hadn't been given a choice yet. In chapter 2, verse 17, 16 and 17, uh, Genesis 2, 16 and 17, um, Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. 
for in the day that thou eatest thereof thou shalt surely die. So that's a punishment. Death is a punishment, but it's conditional. If 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 he, he would have if he eats it, he'll surely die, which means if he didn't eat it, he wouldn't die. And uh, this is where volition is, is instituted. This is where man is given a free will. So the at this point right here, the breath of life just became conditional. This is, uh, this is the meaning of faith. Uh, it's manifested and demonstrated. Faith means to take God at his word and simply believe believe God uh, if Adam and Eve have but Adam and Eve chose not to verse 16 is also the verse the first uh, scripture in it, which establishes God's headship over man indicates that man is supposed to live in subjection to God's word um, Genesis 2 get Genesis 2 and uh, John chapter 8 take a look at um, what happened here. Genesis 2 verse 17 you notice that God says you'll surely die and uh, chapter 3 I'm sorry Genesis chapter 3 verse 4 Satan is speaking he's the, the, the serpent he says you'll not surely die so God's telling the truth, Satan's telling a lie, and Satan is the originator of lies. Uh, in John chapter 8, verse 44, Jesus is talking to some people here, and he says, you, they're contending with him, he says, you are of your father, the devil, and the less of your father you will do. That, that's their connection, their, their connection with Satan is because they're lying. He told a lie, and he says he was a murderer from the beginning. That's that's where we're at here, and abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. He's the originator of the lie that was told in Genesis chapter 3, verse 4. So... Um, 2 Corinthians, turn with me to 2 Corinthians and 1 Timothy chapter 2. 2 Corinthians, uh, I didn't put the, uh, chapter 11. Second Corinthians chapter 11. It says, um, where is that? Verse 3. But I fear, but I fear lest by any means as a serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety, so your mind should be corrupted in the simplicity that is in Christ. So, look, he's, we're, we're way past Genesis here, and he's still looking back to the beginning. Um, so it's significant. This is Paul's epistles are represent the now time revelation for you and I. And so these, looking back, you, you're going to see the origins of things that were passed on. Sin is a perpetual thing; it's passed on. So in First Timothy two fourteen, very um, 
Interesting note here says that Adam was not deceived, but the woman being deceived was in transgression. And uh, Genesis 3 that we read earlier said, verse 6 says, she took of the fruit of the tree and did eat and gave it to her husband who was with her. So he's right there with her as this happens. She's not hunting him down with a grape, which means that he was there consenting to the whole thing and he was not deceived. And that's, um, that's where the sin nature comes in that's going to be passed on to every one of us. So to dissect this and break it down, Adam chose not to submit not to submit himself to God and his word. He submitted himself to his wife and Satan and the lie. He allowed his wife to use her authority over him. First Timothy uh, chapter 2, verse 14, which we just read, Adam was not deceived. They both submitted themselves to Satan's lie instead of God's. So if you start a timeline like right here, He's 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 uh, breathed, got the breath of life in him right here, and until chapter two, uh, when he's given volition, uh, he's sinless. He could have lived forever. There's no doubt about that. But in chapter three, when the when the when they dropped the ball, when when all this went down he became a sinner and um, that's significant because the breath of life is now it's now not operating anymore man has now uh, got a sin nature bring this out to here and so from here on if this blue represents sin it's going to go on until where we are today and everyone Everyone that's ever lived is born with that sin nature. And, and it's, so it's not a um, subjective thing. It's, it's not I'm good, I'm better than you, or he's better than me. We're all, that's why, this is why we can all know we are, are, we are all sinners. So um, God's punishment for man, sin is death. It's the curse he imputed on man and earth as well as creation so you know recycling is great but we're not going to save the planet God's going to destroy the planet not us um, so from that point on man now needs a redeemer so man now, uh, man now needs to put his faith in, in the cross for eternal life and not the breath of life. God, who cursed man, also offers man reconciliation. Paul uses the events of the cross work of Jesus Christ to describe how man today can transition from being in Adam to being in Christ. Uh, verse, uh, 1 Corinthians 15 Verse 21, 1 Corinthians 15, 21. 
verse 21, Paul says, For since by man came death, talking about Adam, by man also came the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. Uh, as well as uh, verse 45, 1 Corinthians 15, 45, he says, And so it is written that the first man, Adam, was made a living soul. The last Adam was made a quickening spirit. So the, what happened between the, the living soul to needing a quickening spirit is sin. We need, quickening means to give life to. That's what Christ is going to give life, give us life. Because we come into this world with sin nature. That If we don't understand that and do something, and the only thing we can do is trust Christ. If we don't do something about it, we're going to take that. A person takes that to hell and the um, lake of fire. You don't want to take that with you to your grave. Uh, Adam, the word Adam means man. So the and um, Jesus Christ is the last Adam in that in that verse. The last Adam was made a quickening spirit. The last man, Jesus Christ, came to this earth as a manifestation of God in the flesh. He, but he wasn't a sinner. He, he was made to be sin for us. So, Jesus Christ, the last Adam, was God in the flesh. Um, we can read about that in uh, Colossians chapter 1, verse 22. Pick it up in uh, verse 21. Colossians 1.21 said, And you that were sometime alienated enemies in your mind by wicked works, hath yet, hath yet now hath he reconciled. We needed reconciliation. In the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and blameable. But notice that in the body of his flesh. He was, he was man in the flesh. So, Okay. And he's really the only, the only propitiation, uh, Romans 3 says, for sin. He's the only acceptable sacrifice for man's sin. Um, Romans chapter 5, verse 12. Romans 5, verse 12. Romans chapter Five verse twelve. This talking about this what this time frame what we're talking about right here when when sin fell right here in chapter three and the perpetualness of it. There, in verse twelve he says, "Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world." Talking about chapter three. And death by sin. And so death passed upon all men. We all die. We all go to our grave because just like Adam, Adam, you notice he didn't, he ate the fruit that he wasn't supposed to eat and he didn't fall over dead. Matter of fact, he lived to be 930 years old, it says. So that's the randomness of the curse. It's, it's sure we know we're going to die, but we don't know when. Chapter 5 is the graveyard channel, a chapter in uh, 
book of Genesis, call it that because everyone in chapter 5 dies. Therefore, that's, that is um, confirming to us that the sin curse is alive and well and the breath of life is not because of what they did. So, it all, it all, it all starts in chapter 3 and it goes on to even even to today. So, again, there in chapter 12, he says, and so death passed upon all men for that all have sinned. And that's the root cause that we're talking about. Sin comes in two forms, the root and the fruit. The fruit is the bad things we do, but it's the root that's the, where it's coming from. And that's the root cause is what God is interested in. Not, not the good things that people do. It's it's the root that what do they believe? If people are, if people are going to go to heaven or hell, it's going to be based on something that they believe, not what they did. We're we are we are man. We're 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 responsible for our own self, but we are connected to the man that caused all this. But whereas we are blamable unless we trust Christ as our Savior. So in uh, chapter f 5, drop down to um, verse 17, Romans 5, 17. For if by one man's offense, talking about Adam, death reigned by one, much more they which receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. So to receive the abundance of grace would be to trust Christ as your Savior. Verse 18 says, Therefore, as by the offense of one, at, and that's Adam, judgment came upon all men to condemnation. Even so, by the righteousness of one, the free gift came upon all men to justification of life. So, there it is. You don't, you know, you, you don't have to blame yourself. You, you, you came into this world with that, but you got to understand, you know, people say, at Israel had to admit their sins. They had to do that. That's part of the, the Jewish way of being forgiven. That was part of it. Paul doesn't tell us to admit you're a sinner. He's, he's telling us to understand you're a sinner. Okay, so if, if it was a, um, a regimented thing where you said, I, I, uh, I admit I'm a sinner, that's not getting it. We already we already know that because it's in, here it's in the it's in the book. So what are you going to do about it? That's the question. Um, in Romans um, three, chapter three, there, there's three three uh, chapters in in Paul's books that really drives home the point of our our uh, justification. In Romans three, Ephesians one. Colossians 2. Go ahead and get those. Ephesians, or Romans 3, Ephesians 1, Colossians 2. The sin, the sin nature that fell on Adam is the reason why Christ came back to the earth. And that's what he's pointing out here. And you and I are, and we are, uh, the due time beneficiaries of, of, of Christ's 
work on the cross. It, it, you know, I don't want to get into all that other, but um, that's what, where we're at. And Romans through Philemon, we're talking about right now. So uh, Romans three twenty three says, "For all have sinned," which is what we just read, and come short of the glory of God, being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom. God has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are past through the forbearance of God to declare, I say, at this time his righteousness, that he might be the just and justifier of him which believe in Jesus. So to believe in Jesus now means that you, you're, you're trusting in his shed blood as for full forgiveness of your sins. Uh, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7. Ephesians 1, verse 7. says, In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. So the redemption is not in, in admitting you're a sinner or keeping the law or any of that. It, it, had, it has a place in at a certain time, but where we're at right now, the now time revelation, we're, we're forgiven by, by grace. Grace is a free gift. You, you wouldn't want to try to pay for a, for a gift because it wouldn't be a gift. Colossians chapter 1, verse 2. I'm sorry, Colossians 1, chapter 2, verse, verse 13. Colossians 1, I'm sorry, Colossians, Colossians 2, 13. He says, who hath delivered us, talking about Jesus Christ, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. That's what, that's what we want. That's what we need. 113? Okay. Thank you. Colossians 113. Um, and then, of course, we have we have the gospel uh, that Paul gives us, the clear gospel in, in uh, 1 Corinthians 15. First Corinthians 15. You hear a lot about the gospel. And this is, uh, Paul says, the gospel that saves you. Uh, we'll just, I'll just read 1 through 4. 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 4. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which ye, ye also ye have received, and wherein ye stand, by which also ye are saved. So this is the gospel that saves us. If we keep in memory that which I preached unto you, unless ye have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures and that he was buried and he rose again the third day according to the scriptures that sin is that root cause that happened in Genesis chapter 3 okay and if you can go over to Romans 4 still making this point about our justification Romans 4, 5, and 6, 
5, Romans 4, 5. But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justify the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. Even as David also describeth the blessedness of the man unto whom God imputeth righteousness without works. Saying, blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Verse 8, blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. That's great. If you were sinless, we wouldn't be worried about God imputing sin. It's not, we're not saying that when you get saved, you're no longer a sinner. Um, you're, we still go to our grave. That's that the, the sin, the sin uh, nature resides in our flesh. It's where our body, I mean, where our soul and spirit goes is, is the issue. So, um, look at um, Romans chapter 6. If you trust Christ as your Savior, We're be we're free from sin. We have we're no longer a one-track mind. Before before a person was saved, they have a one-track mind. They only know sin nature. Uh, verse eighteen, six eighteen. Paul says, "Being then made free from sin, you became the servants of righteousness." We're still sinners. We're just free from. We have a, a, a another another way of conduct conducting our life, another way to believe. Paul says in Galatians 5, walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. The flesh is where the sin resides. So there's no indication of the sin nature ever going away because if it did, everyone would just live forever. And you know from there's no one here. No, that's not possible. So that's just true of every man because of the sin nature. So being uh, verse 20, um, 620 says, For when ye were the servants of sin, you were free from righteousness. So being in uh, verse 22, he says, Being now made free from sin and become servants to God, you have your fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting life. Something man didn't have before he trusted Christ as his Savior. Okay. Um, and then uh, my conclusion: the breath, uh, the breath of life, was given to man by God, and it could have sustained him forever. But after volition, free will was given to man. It was up to him. When man was faced with the choice to obey God and live forever, man chose death. Subsequently, the breath of life went out of commission, and God's perpetual curse on, on a sinful man began. And so it is today. Today, by the grace of God, he freely offers man a way out of his rooted link to Adam, to, I'm sorry, to Adam's sin through the cross work of his dear son. Simply by faith, understand you're a sinner in need of a, sa a redeemer. Therefore, trust that Christ shed his blood for you as a substitute for your own blood, that he was buried and rose again. And therefore, um, look at um, Colossians chapter 1 again. I like this part.
All right, this verse, Colossians 1, 22. Uh, no, wait, I'm sorry. Colossians 1, 22. Verse, verse 22, Colossians 1, 22, in the, talking about, I'll, I'll read verse 21. And you that were sometimes alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now hath he reconciled. Talking about the saved person. And he's in Colossia, so he's not in Israel. He's talking to Gentiles who trusted Christ as their Savior. And he says, in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable and notice the last part there, in his sight. Not my sight to you or you looking at me or because I remember hearing that. You say, yeah, he says he's saved, but hmm, I don't know. Thank God it isn't up to you, right? I mean, yeah, so that, that's in his sight. That's that's what's happening. This, this, I'll try the, I'll try the three circle deal, okay? We're all made up of body, I'll go body, spirit, soul. The sin nature lives in the body. And that's where our sin nature is. And what the what Christ did on the cross for us, uh, for our spirit and soul, he, in his sight, he separates you and I, our body of sin. We still carry it around, but in, in the eyes of God, he sees us separate free from this. And that's what we want. So. Okay, so that's all I got. <laughs> but uh, stay tuned. Nick will be up next. <laughs>